The following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthlings. This is Captain Smell So Good of the Starship Smelly Prize with my international co-host, Sayonai. And when we're not soaring through the cosmos looking for alien chicks, we're hanging out in the nuttiest head on and off the internet. That is the jackal head. Yeah. Are we ready to blast off? You are about to enter a new dimension in sound. Raise your hand up in what the heck happened last night? Hang on to your hats because you're about to go on a heck of a ride through time, space, and the multiverse. How do I reach these kids? Atlanta, Georgia, Greensboro, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Chicago, Tampa, Florida, Miami, Dallas, Texas. I don't care where the city is. How do I reach these gates? And with all the high-tech gizmos these days? The biggest trick the Jackal ever pulled was to convince the world that he doesn't exist. I reach these gates. The Jackal. Salutations, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Inside the Jackal's Head right here on PSN Radio. And, of course, brought to you as well on the SoFlow Radio Network. <laughs> I want to thank everybody listening in through TalkStream Live, all over the internet, Shoutcast, and the people who will hear this on YouTube later. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We have a jam-packed show tonight here on the show, and I mean that. We have a, a couple of guests who are just fascinating individuals, and they're going to be with us in about 30 minutes. Uh, I, I really have been looking forward to this uh, interview for a, a pretty long time now. Mary D. Jones and Larry Flaxman are both going to be here, and uh, we're going to talk about their book that they just released recently. It's a, a fascinating book. Uh, it's uh, it's called Viral Mythology, and uh, as you know, I'm really into mythology, and I'm into all kind of uh, paranormal stuff, so this is uh, right on my alley. This is not paranormal per se, but I'm into mythology and uh, history and sociology and crazyology and all kinds of things that end in ology. So I, I really look forward to having them on. Actually, I've been trying to get uh, Mary on the show for a long time, and I really uh, enjoy her her work. So uh, this is going to be uh, quite a treat. So I really look forward uh, to our interview later. But uh, I have a lot of uh, things that have been happening uh, in the news, uh, a lot of news uh, this week that uh, really have uh, just uh, driven me uh, up a wall laughing. It's just uh, been a lot of crazy, crazy things. But one thing in particular really caught my attention this week. Hold on. Pete, did we just uh, get an email? Was that an email that just came in? Yeah, we got an email. Oh, what was the email? What, is, what does it say? Yeah, well, hold on. Oh, Pete's going to get the email. Well, I'll, 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 What is it? Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to get to that. Hold on. I'm going to get to that. This is exactly what I'm going to lead in with today, folks. Uh, a lot of interesting news, but we got to go with the, the most interesting of all news right off the bat. And uh, Pete just got another email on this. Uh, so let's just lead off with uh, the arrest of a Loveland man. 
this week, just happened uh, actually on the 14th, two days ago, uh, who was arrested on child exploitation charges. Now, I'm going to read the article, and then I'm going to give you my thoughts on this, and you're going to understand why this is uh, something that is uh, not just uh, me joking around. A 51-year-old Loveland man has been arrested on suspicion that he has uh, distributed child pornography, was arrested Thursday in the uh, 3900 block of Ash Avenue, and, and these are felony charges of sexual exploitation of a child. According to to the police, the arrest was the result of of months-long investigation into tips provided uh, to the deputy uh, to the Department of Homeland Security. The warrant for uh, the uh, person arrested uh, called for no bond, but after the initial appearance before a judge, the term were mod- were modified to about a twenty thousand dollar personal uh, recognition bond, and um, uh, as of Thursday night. He remained in custody this Thursday just passed. While the arrest warrant was issued Wednesday, the night before, the initial search warrant on his computers was actually served back in April 2013. Now, the person who I'm talking about, the 51-year-old man from Loveland, is none other than Mr. Stan Romanek. Okay, now, I know know some of you don't like him. Okay. Now, there's no need for that, Pete. Come on. Really? Really? I know you're not a fan of the alien in the window, but there's no need for the applause. Come on, seriously. Let's, let's get serious here. Yeah, it's a fake. I understand you don't like him, Pete, but calm down. Listen, Stan Romanek, I've had him on the show. I've actually interviewed this gentleman a couple times, and let's just say that Stan Romanek is a, a fun individual to talk to because uh, he's very uh, outgoing, he's uh, very articulate, but... There's always an aura of falsehood when you speak to Stan Romanek, and after looking at his video the very first time, I said, ah, that's not real. I, look, I've never really believed Stan Romanek's alien in the window. I've never been a uh, follower, really, of Stan Romanek. I know a lot of people who swear by this guy, and it's amazing. Uh, Alejandro Rojas, for example, from uh, MUFON Open Minds, you know, good friends of, of ours here on the network, uh, good friends of uh, of Stan Romanek's. And for a long time, he really was a defender of Stan Romanek and his case. And, uh, I, you know, I have asked uh, Alejandro, I've asked him, why exactly uh, do you defend this dude? And he's always uh, said, because I believe there really might be something there, you know, you you never know. And uh, there's so much evidence that he hasn't really presented. And then the years passed. And then he never presented any more evidence, and it kind of just died. And now we get this report that he's been arrested in suspicion of child exploitation. So, now, I'm not going to bash Stan Romanek too much I, um, like that's not my uh, my thing here I really don't like uh, bashing people but I will say this much if he is guilty I hope he burns in hell I really do but this is America everybody and we do have to uh, let everybody get their day in court right so uh, let's not rush to judgment here and uh, let's see what happens now these are are really interesting charges this is not and I was actually just talking about this with somebody who I'm not going to mention their name because I don't want to get them mixed into the conversation but they're listening and shout outs to you Mr. Anonymous who I can't mention your name because I don't want to get you into any beef but anyway um, 
you know, I was talking to this uh, about this with him about uh, how this is a little bit more serious than let's just say uh, a couple pictures on his computer, for example. All right, and I was talking about this earlier with somebody because this is really a big deal. Like, I, I hope people understand how big of a deal this is. And uh, in my conversations, were you know, I was telling them that it, it's obvious that there's something here because first of all, this is a, a many months long of an investigation. And we're not talking about a couple of weeks, a couple, a uh, couple of months. No, we're talking about almost a year of an investigation. There's no way Homeland Security and deputies and all kinds of different departments are going to spend this kind of money to track a, a person to try to get him on some kind of phony charges. It doesn't happen that way. If they wanted to plant some evidence, I don't know, you know, I, I feel for her if she's uh, unaware of any wrongdoing. I know Lisa Romanek is on her page on Facebook trying to defend Stan and saying, oh, you know, we've been hacked and our computers have been hacked and they've placed images and, and this and that. But listen, let me, on, let me let's be honest here. If his computer was hacked, if somebody put some kind of image on his computer or, or several images on his computer, that would be found immediately. And they would have just arrested him months ago. There would not be an investigation that dragged out this long. Apparently, from uh, what I've read in, on, on this thing, it's many, many months long. This, the person who wrote this article, by the way, is not very good. I mean, uh, they went to the school of writing uh, that, uh, that Pete over here went to. Um, my boardman, Pete uh, Dickinson over here. Uh, he's kind of an idiot also. But anyway, uh, in all honesty, look, this... Smells to me like there's something here, unfortunately. Uh, now, my... Where this gets a little tricky is the child exploitation charges. Because, again, this is not just some images. So, like, I, there's going to be something... There's going to be a lot more that's going to come out on this, obviously. Uh, but now we're talking about, was he involved in creating child pornography? Was he somehow directing pornography and distributing it? Is that what he got him on? I mean, I I have no idea what they got this man on, but there's going to be a lot more information coming out on this. Uh, I you know, as it comes, I'll, I'll I'll read it out here on the uh, on the show, and we'll continue to uh, see where the other shoe drops and how this uh, ends up. But the, you know, the, the worst part about this whole thing is that this is just bad for ufology overall because here we have another guy Stan Romanek who's gotten so much media coverage over the years this uh, I mean it's just a, a crazy amount of, uh, of websites that have devoted to interviewing this guy and uh, podcast shows that have had him on he's been on coast to coast he's been on everywhere uh, with any name value uh, they've had him on I've had him on my show for crying out loud so you know he'll go anywhere and do a show right He's been on my show a couple of times so he has no shame whatsoever in doing media and this guy has gotten so much attention. I'm talking about, like, he's gotten attention to the point, like, that it surpasses Travis Walton at some point. You know, at one point almost, anyway. But, uh, you know, he really was, like, looked at as uh, as an important figure by a lot of people. And I never got why, because, like I said, I never believed the alien was really in the window. I just, I never bought it. But so many people bought into that story. And now we have this happen, and... It just, it again tarnishes the overall field of ufology. It makes it again, 
to where it's it's I understand now why some people have a hard time taking it serious because of people like him. People like Sean David Morton. People like Billy Myers. These are people that are using people to make money with lies, propaganda, and it's a, another black eye for ufology. It really is. And I'm ashamed, uh, if he's guilty, I'm ashamed that I ever even spoke to this man. I really am because uh, he deserves, uh, you know, he really deserves to be in prison if he's guilty. Uh, again, I say if he's guilty. Again, this is America, folks, and in America, we got to remember, innocent before proven guilty. You're innocent before you're proven guilty. Or you have to be proven in a court of law that you're guilty. And right now he's innocent until proven guilty. So let's just give him, give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but again, Stan Romanek, the famous alien in the window guy, busted by Homeland Security on child exploitation charges. And my phone, like I said, has been going off the hook today on this and by the way I'm, I'm, I'm having open lines uh, the entire show even when I have uh, Mary uh, Jones and, and Larry Flaxman on later um, if you guys want to call in please do so 786-245-8127 is the call in number if you're uh, on Skype and you want to Skype in you can do that by looking up PSN radio um, also soup media network will look us up um, so you can Skype in call in whatever um, but you know, I've been talking to several people about this uh, particular case in the last, uh, I don't know, 15 hours. And uh, so many people have called me with the same thing. Saying the same thing. That this man had a pedophile look to him. That they all knew it. That they all said there was something weird about him. Everybody said the same thing. And uh, now, uh, it's funny that everybody's saying that now, but I'll tell you what, when... Before this, there were so many people kissing his ass. Now, if this is proven to be true, I wonder what the people who are supporting him for a long time are going to say. Huh? Think about that, because there's a lot of people that supported this dude and made a, you know, a lot of noise with this alien in the window, even went to uh, <clears throat> government trying to make legislation do certain things, uh, which now, see, now when something really needs to get done, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like the alien in the window child molester guy, right? That's what you, you guys are seeing a uh, little green man also, like that guy. Get get out of here. It's You know, this is what I'm talking about. But you know what? At the same time, even though that is a bad thing, it's a good thing that this happens because this sweeps the garbage. If he is guilty, sweep it away. You know, another piece of garbage out of ufology. But I'll tell you what, if he is found guilty, and if he is guilty, and if he does prison time and all that stuff, when this guy gets out, I urge everybody to stay away from him. I don't want him in like three or four years to start making the scene again, you know, selling his book like nothing happened. Because that, my friends, would be a real disaster. So, moving on, and how do you move on from that, huh? Check this out. This is a perfect perfect place to move on, but first let me take a sip of my Mountain Dew Code Red. 
free plug. <clears throat> One in four Americans do not know that the Earth circles the sun, and fewer than half know humans evolved from earlier species. This is an actual article, folks. I'm not kidding. Uh, this is at, from the dailymail.co.uk, and I'm going to post the link on two places. I'm going to post it in the chat room on psn-radio.com. And um, go in the chat room there by checking out where it says click here to enter the chat. It's right under like the main player in the very top. Um, you know, just click on that, boom, you'll be right in here in the chat room. Uh, I want to say welcome in the chat room to uh, Zod Ryder and uh, Alex 2.0 who just joined the chat room. Shout outs to them. Uh, so join us in the chat room. I'm also going to post this on uh, my Facebook account if you guys want to look that up. Uh, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash inside period jackals period head. Um, I, I hope you guys know how to spell that by now. I, I hope so. You've been listening to the show for a while. I hope you know how to spell that. So I'm going to post that in there as well. Uh, the article, again, <clears throat> I'm going to read it one more time. All right. This is really funny. One in four Americans do not know the Earth circles the sun, and fewer than half know that humans evolved from an earlier species. This is amazing. This is the world we live in, folks. Just 74% of uh, respondents knew that the Earth revolved around the sun. A shocking new study into the scientific knowledge of American of America has been found. Uh, the survey included more than 2,200 people in the United States and was conducted by the National Science Foundation. Ten questions about uh, physical and biological science were on the quiz, and the average score was 6.5% correct, uh, which was barely a passing grade, by the way. It says here, uh, fewer than half, uh, which is 48%, knew that the human beings actually had actually evolved from earlier species of animals. The result of the survey, which was conducted, every, it's been conducted every two years, will be included in the National Science Foundation report uh, to President Barack Obama, or or uh, Mr. Obama, you know, or as I call him, B-Rock, uh, and uh, the U.S. Uh, lawmakers. Uh, yeah, I call him B-Rock. Uh, one in three respondents uh, said the science should get more funding uh, from the government. Nearly eight, nearly ninety percent said the benefits of science outweighed any dangers, and uh, about the same number expressed interest in learning about medical discoveries. This year, the National Science Foundation said that nearly half of the Americans said astrology is either very scientific or eh, sort of scientific. It said that young people in particular were more likely uh, than ever to consider a uh, pseudoscience at least sort of scientific Fewer than uh, fewer Americans uh, rejected astrology in 2012 than in recent years. In 2014, science and engineering indicators uh, study reports said that uh, see here says in 2012, slightly more than half Americans said that astrology was not at all scientific, uh, whereas uh, nearly two thirds gave this response in 2010. The uh, comparable percentage has uh, not been this low since 1983. Skepticism of astrology hit an all-time high in 2004 when 66% of Americans said astrology was total nonsense, baloney, bull. But each year, fewer and fewer respondents have dismissed uh, the connections between star alignment and personality as, fi er, personality as fiction. Uh, the NFS uh, said 
It claims the question was uh, focused on the public capacity to distinguish science from pseudoscience. Young people were also especially inclined to offer astrology scientific legitimacy, with the majority of Americans ages 18 to 24 considering the practice at least sort of scientific, and the ages of 23 or 25 to 34, uh, that group said it was they were not that far behind from them. Didn't give a real number there, but says John Beasley of Michigan State University, the lead author of the report chapter on uh, public attitudes uh, toward science, told Mother Jones, not Mary D. Jones, different Jones, uh, he thinks uh, we need to wait to see if the real changes before speculating about what the data means, uh, but said that the data popped out, uh, popped out to me when I saw it, she said. The results uh, came just days after the recent debate between Bill Nye, the science guy, and a young Earth uh, creationist named Ken Ham. Hmm, I wonder if he's Cuban. Uh, but reveals uh, perhaps uh, views of a constitute a real science. Or actually, let me reread that. It says uh, reveals perhaps views of what constitutes a real science are not as good as the researchers had hoped. By contrast, 92% of the uh, Chinese public think that horoscopes are untrue. First Lady Nancy Reagan famously employed uh, employed this oh, my monitor went off employed the uh, services of an astrologer after the assassination attempt on her husband Ronald Reagan when asked in 1989 uh, whether she thought the astrology could credit for or could actually be credited for her husband's success at avoiding any further danger she, she said and I quote I don't really believe it but I really don't but I really but I didn't but I don't really believe it wasn't wait let me reread that again I don't really believe it was, but I don't really believe it wasn't. There we go. That's the right quote. So she neither believes it or she doesn't. But the crazy thing about this is that most Americans still do not know, really, that the Earth revolves around the sun. I mean, I thought this is common knowledge worldwide, everywhere. You know, the, the whole thing about other planets and... This whole thing about a galaxy called the Milky Way. I mean, the Milky Way is more than just a candy bar, everybody. It's also where we kind of live. You know, there's other places out there. It's not all just here. I don't know what's going on in this world, but the education system really is failing miserably when people don't know that the Earth circles the sun. Really? Like, that's real. Folks, that is real. That's not made up. That's a real study. It blew my mind. Again, that's on dailymail.co.uk. Uh, once again, posted on my Facebook. Check that out for uh, facebook.com forward slash inside period jackals period head. And I want to spell it out for everybody. Inside is I-N-S-I-D-E. Then you have a little period. Jackals is J-A-C-K-A-L-S. Period. Head. H-E-A-D. There we go. And you guys can't see him, but I had the guy who was at the Obama speech in Africa doing sign language for my uh, hearing impaired folks. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, I have him on the side here. We're doing video, and I'm going to put this on YouTube later. He's going to be in the background doing all the uh, hearing impaired stuff. So uh, look for that in YouTube. <clears throat> you can find that on the Jackal's Head 
on YouTube. So that's a real story, folks. Uh, next time you are with some friends, ask your friends if, if they know anything about the stars. You know, ask them if they, have they ever seen a star map? Have they ever seen, I don't know, a telescope? Maybe a movie about space? Have they ever wondered what the thing that shines up in the sky is at night and during the day what the other thing that shines in a different color but is really bright and it'll burn your eyes if you look at it for a long time? Ask them if they know what that is. Let's start there. If they don't know what that is, get them some medical help, please. Professional help immediately. Thank you very much. Now moving on to sadder news and uh, not ridiculous news, but... The son of uh, Jim Henson passed away uh, this past week at age 48. John Henson uh, died. And uh, John Henson, uh, now I'm talking about Jim Henson, the the Muppets uh, creator. Uh, his son passed away, and uh, he was a board member of the Jim Henson Company. He died off uh, Friday uh, at age, uh, age 48, and he suffered a massive heart attack at his home in uh, the uh, Henson Company uh, stated in a uh, post on Facebook page that uh, he passed away uh, quietly. Uh, Henson, uh, Henson's film and TV uh, roles included performing in voice credits as a Muppet, let me see, as the Muppet Sweetums in the uh, multiple titles, uh, including uh, Muppets Wizard of Oz, which came out in 2005. It's a very merry Muppet Christmas movie that came out in 2002. And uh, Muppets Treasure Island, which came out in 1996. Uh, Jim Henson, his father passed away in 1990, by the way. He was only age 53. Uh, Jane Henson died at 78. Uh, let me see. She died in April of last year, uh, so she just recently passed away. Uh, John Henson is uh, survived by two daughters and wife. Uh, man, sorry, I'm going to butcher this, but her name is uh, Janoji, I believe. Uh, Janoji Henson. Uh, I think it's his wife, uh, but he's survived by his two daughters and his wife, and uh, man, my condolences. I was a huge fan of the Muppets growing up. Uh, as a little kid, everybody's kind of a fan of the Muppets, and uh, I was one of those who got devastated when I heard that uh, his father passed away, and uh, it's uh, it's always sad when you lose uh, you know anybody you kind of enjoyed their work over the years, and a young guy too, only 48 years old. Really, really young guy. Um, so, Condolences out to him and his family. Rest in peace. And uh, moving on to a little bit lighter note before we go on break here in a second. And uh, this is good news for my boy Charlie Sheen, who just got engaged to his girlfriend, Brett Rossi. And I want to give him a shout-out, and I love Charlie Sheen. Of course, the anger management star uh, proposed to his girlfriend, Brett Rosie, on Saturday in Hawaii. His publicist, uh, Jeff Ballard, confirmed to the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter uh, no wedding date has been yet set. This will mark the fourth marriage for Sheen, who's, tongue, who's 48 himself, who's previously uh, been wed to uh, Donna Peel, actress uh, Denise Richards, and Brooke Mueller. He has two daughters with Richard and two sons with Mueller. He also has a daughter with uh, former girlfriend Paula Prophet, who gave birth to Sheen's first grandchild last summer. So he's a granddaddy at 48. In addition to starring in FX Comedy's uh, big hit, Anger Management, Sheen recently appeared in the films Machete Kills and uh, Scary Movie 5. The actor won the Golden Globe for his role in Spin City. Great series, by the way. I love that show. And also was nominated for multiple Emmys and Golden Globes for his role as Charlie 
on the show Two and a Half Men, which of course everybody knows that story. Uh, so they go, uh, congrats to Char- to Charlie Sheen or Carlos Estevez, as they revealed his real name in the movie Machete Kills. If you haven't seen that movie, check it out. It's a crazy movie. Uh, it's it's really really a crazy movie. It's not one of those movies you ha- you can take serious. First of all, so they don't go in there thinking you're going to see an Oscar-worthy performance by anybody. Because you're not going to get that. You're going to get a cheesy, crazy movie about people killing. That's really what it is. But it's it's awesome. Highly recommended. Uh, anyway, we're going to go on a quick break. We'll be back in a few minutes here after the 30-minute uh, mark with the guests tonight, Ms. Mary D. Jones and Mr. Larry Flaxman. And we're going to talk about their book, Viral Mythology. You're listening to Inside the Jackal's Head on PSN Radio. Please stick around and call in 786-245-8127. Look us up on Skype, PSN Radio. We'll be right back. proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Greenlight. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! (gasps) It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. We're rewarding you for something you already do, listening to us. It's Radio Loyalty, and it's an easy way for you to get free stuff. All you do is sign up. Go ahead and click the banner now. You'll earn points as you listen, points you can trade in for great products and services in the Radio Loyalty store. You can earn even more points when you share your favorite station with friends on Facebook and Twitter. Radio Loyalty, it's free to sign up, so click the banner to join now. 
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Wow. The moment my son saw a redwood tree. It's huge! Is the moment I knew that for him. You can't even see the top of that thing. Even the sky has no limit. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. Your moment is out there. Find it at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. SupermanHomePage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Do your kids share a bedroom with a sibling? Is dorm room privacy a problem? Introducing Privacy Pop, a new way to create a private and comforting space on your bed. Privacy Pop is a bed tent that fits over twin, twin extra long, full, and queen beds. Privacy Pop is your ticket to seclusion in crowded sleeping quarters. Privacy Pop is the perfect holiday gift for the youngster who likes building forts and cramped college dorm rooms. Log on to privacypop.com and see how this unique sleeping system easily pops out from a small carrying case. Easy to store and simple to set up. Privacypop.com. That's privacypop.com. The perfect holiday gift for your grandchildren or your own kids who want a fun bed fort. Choose their favorite color. See this unique sleeping system now. Act now for a limited time offer. Use promo code RADIO in the checkout cart for free shipping. Log on to privacypop.com. Use promo code RADIO for free shipping. You're listening to PSN Radio. The best in talk radio anywhere on the internet.
All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head, right here live on PSN Radio, and of course, brought to you as well on SoFlo Radio and TalkStream Live. Got to give Bill Freeze a shout out every week. He's a good guy and does a lot of work helping us out on the show here. I want to welcome everybody who's on the chat room right now with us, and I want to urge everybody listening in to please go to our chat room. It's over there, and it's open. If you want to ask any questions, I will read them on the air. Right now, I do have my guest on the show who is going to be with me for the entire hour, at least. One of them is Ms. Marie D. Jones and Mr. Larry Flaxman are both on the show. Welcome to Inside the Jackal's Head. It is a real privilege to have you both on here. Like I said earlier, I've been really trying to get you on for a while and i really really appreciate you spending a little time here with us it's good to be with you thank you now i know we have only a little bit of time with larry and i know we have a full hour with you uh marie but uh larry give us a little bit of a rundown on on yourself so the audience knows about you and then we're going to go into the book uh viral mythology which i want to really uh touch on i want want to really get in depth on that book with you but uh give us a little bit of of a background on yourself so the audience again knows who larry uh, flaxman is oh gosh um, well, it's a loaded question. I know. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's, that's a, that is a, a loaded question. Um, well, I've been in, involved in the study and research of anomalous topics, I guess you would call it, uh, most of my life. Um, I've had an interest in that. I've, I've been serious, um, I guess probably seriously researching it for probably about 20 some odd years now. Um, I've written a bunch of books with Marie. Um, gosh, I don't even know where else to go. I mean, I, I'm I'm just me. You can see information <laughs> about me on my website. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not good talking about myself. So I think you should ask me to introduce Larry and Larry. You know, you you know what's you know what's funny though. I find doing this show that that is actually the hardest question to lead in oh, with. It is. That, yeah. That's why I always lead in with that question because I always like to hear the response because nobody likes to talk about themselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Larry is also the head of a paranormal group or see investigative group. He's also a motorcycle collector. What else? That's cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Jack, yeah, it's our master of none. <laughs> 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 so, uh, Marie, tell us now a little bit about yourself. Oh, gosh, no, it's my turn. I'm a writer. I think that's Yes, says- you are. <laughs> no, I- I've been really interested in... UFOs and the paranormal and and science really since early childhood and kind of always thought the two really went together in some aspects and I just I started writing uh, when I was a teenager started getting paid to write when I was a teenager and uh, just kind of took off from there started writing nonfiction about 12 years ago and met Larry about seven years ago, and we started writing together. We're on our, I think this is our seventh book. So I just wow. you know, read about what interests me and what turns me on. It's hard to write these books, as Larry will tell you. Seven books you've written together already. Yeah, and I've written a few on my own. And You, you realize that's more, that's like what, how many more, Petey? That's like six more books than my boardman has read in his life. <laughs> I know. I know so well. Larry and I know so many people that come to us and say, "Oh, we want to write a book. We want to write a book." It's like, okay, here's here's what you do: you sit your butt down and you write it. Um, But very few people will do that. It's hard work. 
It, it is. Look, I've been trying to write a book fair about six years now. You just got to do it. And once you I'm, do it, it kind of gets almost addicting. It's I'll tell you what, I, I'm, on page, I'm on page one right now. And my, <laughs> on uh, <laughs> Fade In or... <laughs> no, what, my, what, my what, page what? one, this is, how my, this is how my book starts. It was a dark and stormy night. There you go. A dog, yeah. somewhere in the distance, a dog was barking. <laughs> you know that? I'm going to steal that. That's a very good follow-up yeah, line. That's the good <laughs> second line to every book. Yeah. <laughs> now, in your collaborations, have you know, you've been interested in, uh, obviously, in ufology for a while. How did you get into uh, viral mythology? I'll let Larry answer it since he's on limited time here. Ah, good job. Um, <laughs> my interest in viral mythology... Correct. Well, how did we write the book? Well, did- I, I, you know, I think that it's it's, um, and I think Marie would agree. I think the topics that we write about all have a certain air, if you will, of oh, mystery to them. Uh, right. The uh, the books that we tend to write revolve around topics involving the paranormal and generally science. But you know, when you hear the word paranormal. While most people automatically think ghosts and spooky things, it's actually much – it's a much broader uh, – you can paint that category with a much broader brush. And uh, viral mythology I think really plays into that. It plays into the that whole concept of transferring information and it it's really speaks to um, communicating ideas and communicating concepts uh, throughout generations and throughout uh, – throughout history. So a lot of the stuff that we actually write about really kind of connects with that. I mean, we've written about topics in our first and second book, 1111, and also in the Resonance Key, we've written about ancient structures. We've written about um, all kinds of stuff that that all really connects back to that idea of of information being virally transmitted. So I wouldn't necessarily say it, it was just a kind of a blatant interest. I think it was kind of an organic uh, an organic process that kind of lent, lended itself to where we are now. I mean, the, the book now really, it was, Marie, well, do you want to ex- actually explain how we ended up writing the book? Well, I think, you know, we, obviously every time we finish a book, the next thing is the pub, our publisher will say, you know, what do you guys want to do next? Or yeah. we'll think about what right. we, what's the follow-up? Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's how you get to write so many books. <laughs> but with this, I, I do recall Larry and I having a conversation quite a while ago. Actually, many of them. We both really wanted to know if there was any science, any truth or, or not, you know, real factual knowledge hidden in stories in the Bible or re- different religious texts, the myths, the world's great myths, right. fairy tales, you know, are, because Larry's... Oh, I think and we I'm lost... Oh, there we go. And we, a lot of what we write about is, is hidden, hidden esoteric information, stuff that's not real visible in your face. It might even be called a cult in some circles. A cultish, right. Yeah. But so I just remember us talking about, well, how do we know what, uh, if, say, like the story of Noah's Ark, I'm just throwing that out as an example. Is there any truth in that? Is there actual 
scientific knowledge in that story about a flood that may have occurred a certain amount of time ago. Right. Um, and was there really a Noah? And how do we how do we look at these stories of old, whether they were done through art, architecture, paintings, orally told, you know, written down in, in legends and folklore? Is there any truth in there? Is any science in there? And if there is, how do we find it? Right. That's right. kind of took off. Now, with you, uh, Marie, with your interest in ufology, uh, would you say that like some of uh, the most current uh, events, and I would say current, but it's still, even though it's been like 60 years now or whatever, uh, but i say like Roswell is like probably the most viral thing in ufology, the most viral mythology at this point that we've had. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and we like, still don't really know what happened, do we? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a myth. Yeah. Nobody knows. I mean, other other than that, in ufology, like what other uh, great myth out there uh, has gone oh, viral? The, the you know the Betty and Barney Hill story, anything real groundbreaking that um, that happened that sort of shifted the field, cases that were really unusual. Travis Walton. Yeah, yeah, things that got made into movies because right. well, that's yeah. another way that you can take information viral. And spread it to more people. In fact, people that may not... You know, the Travis Walton movie, Fire in the Sky, I love that movie. Now, a lot of people saw the movie that may not have even known about the actual case of what happened to him. But they found out through what they thought was fiction, what they thought was an entertaining movie. And that's another way to transmit actual, you know, factual information. You know what's crazy about that story, though, uh, Marie, is uh, if you actually, if people who've read Travis's book, uh, are, like most of us who've read the book hate the movie in, in a way, uh, <laughs> because they, they change so many details from oh, like, actually yeah. what he wrote that happened to him compared to what they put in the movie. Uh, Travis himself, he doesn't like the movie, and uh, you know I, I've spoken to him about uh, him possibly uh, doing another version in the future of the movie right. and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that, I would guess that would be the big one. You know, I was talking about uh, this case earlier, and I don't want to get too into it with you with uh, YouTube because I want to keep this on a positive. But like Stan Romanek, for example, right. uh, his Alien in the Window. I mean, that went viral uh, as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, but you know, there's uh, I guess when we're talking about viral mythology, we're talking about every field, every genre, not just religion, ufology, and paranormal. Like, what other fields uh, do we have any mythological uh, things that have? Uh, I guess you can catalog. Oh, everything. Yeah, I was going to say pretty much anything. Even within yeah. the paranormal, there's there's certainly things that could be considered uh, viral. I think any time that you have, right, you know, the- absolutely. Anytime you have a topic that uh, lends itself to to having multiple possible explanations, I think that you uh, you are kind of ripe for having the possibility of of that information being virally transmitted. Well, also, like, if you look at the ghost house, it really started with one. Sure. You know, the, taking something viral really is a, what, nothing more than something that becomes popular in a global sense, and it spreads quickly. Yeah. Now, how, how do you think, you know, things have changed with, like, social media and the media the way it is now and how everything goes viral within, like, a day? You know, yeah, it's, too fast. Yeah, I mean, that's completely... <clears throat> has completely changed the way that we communicate. Mm. I mean, 2,000 years ago, we didn't have Facebook and, and Twitter and YouTube. We didn't have the ability to communicate information as, as quickly as we do today. So now, you know, it's funny. We just we did a radio show uh, just 
earlier this evening, and I, I kind of came up with a new term that kind of, uh, I think, hit it off with Marie and the, and the host. You you know, nowadays you've got these armchair commandos that, there you sit, go. <laughs> that sit behind their computers and you put something out there and before you know it, you know, with, with the push of the, uh, the inner key, it's seen worldwide. Right. Yep. And, you know, that can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. I mean, when you compare how technology has enabled us to communicate, I mean, now between Google Translate where you can now bro- bridge – every language barrier that there is. You can bridge time zones. You can bridge social and, and um, cultural cultures. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there really is no divis- divisive line anymore. So you can communicate ideas basically in a, to a global community, whereas several thousand years ago, you know, you, you had a very limited ability to transfer that information. You had either oral tradition you had things written down in caves or written on paper or papyrus. Right. Uh, you know, you didn't have quite the, uh, the breath that we do today. But Can you now, imagine if uh, Jesus had Facebook or Twitter? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Like, God is on can, Facebook. And I, can I, you imagine like a, a Jesus selfie picture? Yeah. So that also brings up, that brings up an interesting um, idea as well. The more people that you have, that are receiving a message or receiving uh, information, the the more possibility that you'll have for uh, different interpretations of that information as well. Right. Yeah, so that's you, true. You've got yeah. all kinds of different um, biases. Each person has their own personal biases, religious, social, economic. When you throw all that stuff into the mix, your written words, what the, what the uh, armchair commandos are putting out there, may not necessarily be the actual, their intent, but it may very much be a case of your uh, interpretation of that. Yeah, that's so true. It's just, it's so easy now to take a simple piece of information and it becomes so adulterated by the time it reaches, you know, the 10th person down the line that it's no longer anything like how it started. Yet you've got people all along that route as the information travels, we're buying into that information as if it were gospel truth. And that's where we get into trouble with things are so easy now, it's so easy to communicate that we... I think uh, we're losing Marie. Uh, Marie, are you there? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, you're, you're coming in and out a little bit now. There's a little Uh-oh. bit of uh, weirdness going on with your signal. I know what it is. <laughs> They're trying to stop the message. Yeah, there it is. They don't want it to go viral. That's what's going yeah. on here. Exactly. It's the demon. It's the spirits of the liar. But right. yeah, there's so much garbage information out there now that we have to weed through to get to the stuff that we really need in order to, you know, make our lives better. That's do you think? It, do you think having all this social media stuff it can make things worse on us? I mean, do you think it's, it's actually a worse? Uh, it's not actually helping mankind because I, I kind of get the feeling sometimes, especially when you have idiots like John Weiner putting his picture out on Twitter. I oh. mean, that just destroyed his career, sure. and that went viral within seconds. Sure. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. <laughs> Larry will probably laugh. I, I, I'm a real hard worker. I mean, I work a lot, but I thought, God, I could probably double my output of books 
if I weren't on Facebook and Twitter so much. And I really had to think about, I mean, there is a reason why we go on there to promote our work, to make connections and network and all that stuff, and just to have fun and let off some steam. But I was thinking, wow, I got to be careful because there comes that point where your productivity goes down. You stop working on things that are important to you because you're so distracted by all of this social clutter. No, I completely agree. And, and distracted by having to put your entire life on Twitter, which is an amazing phenomenon, by the way. Uh, there's, pe- yeah. there's, there's people <laughs> that literally uh, every second of the day they're tweeting something. And I'm like, I use, you know, I have to tweet obviously because that's the popular thing to do. You have to use it when you do a radio show. So eventually I put a tweet out, hey, I'm doing a radio show tonight. Or uh, something special happened. But I, there's people that, like, literally every 15 minutes they're putting a tweet. Right. Look, I mean, how, breakfast. Right. Look what I had for a snack. Look what I had for lunch. Oh, I just just stepped out of the bathroom, going yeah. to the toilet. I'm yeah. like, really? I don't need to know your process during the day, my friend. That like, you do certain things you can keep to yourself. Like, yeah, that's this funny. is a, it's an incredible phenomenon, though. But uh, to me, it's almost like a dumbing down of society in a way with all the social media. Yeah. Because instead of people going and reading books and getting knowledge the old-fashioned way, the, going the outside, proper way, going outside and meeting people and yeah. having that, that interaction, everybody. Either inside of their houses on their computers, uh, tweeting uh, on their cell phone, tweeting. You know that that connection between people is completely uh, disappearing, and that's scary. Yeah, it is. It is, and you know, uh, you gotta wonder: is this all being done to us on purpose? I mean, is this a, a form of ma- manipulation? I don't, you know, no, not a government conspiracy, but I really think more media. In terms of advertising, yeah. well, you you know you're not that far off because who invented the internet after all? Yeah, I mean, find a way government. to addict people. We are an addictive species, so find a way to get them hooked, and then you know start with the advertising and and all of the the money making stuff. Yeah, it's a tough one, but yeah, I I think personally we all need to check ourselves and say okay. You know, what else could I be doing? Am I really having such a good time here? (laughs) And sometimes you do. You know, sometimes you just want to goof off and interact. And other times, though, I think people use it as a crutch or a distraction to avoid maybe they're miserable in their personal lives or they're afraid to go for their, their dreams or their goals. And it's a perfect distraction. Now, let me ask you, with the way media and, and social media is now, in about 20 years, let's say you two are writing books still together, and you decide to write a follow-up to viral mythology, how do you think, you know, trying to envision the way uh, mythology is changing and evolving, uh, how would how do you think that book would take place? Do you think it would be uh, completely different to the mythologies we're having now? Like, will it include chapters on, like, Justin Bieber and... And Sharknado. And yeah. Sharknado <laughs> 2. <laughs> Larry, you can take that one since you have to go soon. Yeah, no, I, I think it would. You know, I think our cultural memes are certainly uh, unique to this to this day and age. I mean, if you look back, I'm a child of the '80s, so if I'm here, brother, you look back and you you look at all the things that were popular, things that were of interest in the news back in the '80s, and you mm-hmm. look at them today, they seem just just ridiculous by comparison. So I think I think very much, you know, twenty years from now, if we wrote a book about about two thousand fourteen, it'd be very similar to that. We'd be looking back at at the bell bottoms, and we'd be looking at the peg jeans, and we'd be looking at the parachute pants. It'd be the same type of thing, 
just in a different time. Right. And here's another stuff. <laughs> here's a different question. What is the saddest, uh, I guess, uh, age to write about? Uh, you know, now, you know, I guess this century, past century, oh, uh, you have to look at a, at a viral stuff or things dark that went viral. What is the, the, I guess, the ages that make you the, like the saddest for humanity? The dark ages. I mean, the, I mean, it has the name "Dark Ages" for a reason, right? I mean, yeah, you know, it, it was. I it was dark. Have, I, I'm sure you know if you believe in reincarnation, we were alive then at some point. But <laughs> what a brutal time! Talk about ideas and information. That was a time when you were not permitted to have an idea or spread information that was not church approved, and uh, and people paid with their lives, and they were tortured and. And not only that, but people look like they stunk in those days. I mean, jeez. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I don't think they were very sanitary back in those times. Yeah. I don't know, Larry. What do you think? What would be your uh, saddest time? Running in water wasn't, a, I think, a priority back in the dark ages. You know, I I, I don't <laughs> want to get. Too, <laughs> I, I definitely don't want to get too controversial on this show. Um, you know, I think it certainly would. That would be one of the times. But you know, also, I think now, I think we're right. Hey. Go, yeah, I really do. We're going through agree. Yeah. a tremendous loss of our civil rights. Yep. We're going through. We're going through a lot of things now um, that I, I think, if you look back a hundred, two hundred years ago, our founding fathers certainly didn't have the intent of where things are going today. So I think you know if you project it in the future and you look back at two thousand ten, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen, these these times now, I think people are going to look back at us. And think well. That was the; those were the times where we willingly gave up things that were that were our rights, if that makes any sense. But I don't want to get too deep into pol- politics on the show and any of that. But uh, yeah, I certainly I think that we are at a we're in a dark period now. Yeah, you know, I, I tend to agree with you. I think, in, in I would have to say the last hundred and uh, hundred and fourteen years. And that, and I would say that because I think uh, everything from the Kennedy era, uh, Hitler, what he did, uh, the you know the Nazi era, I mean, all that is just horrible, horrible stuff. So sure. the last century and fourteen years now have not been fun. No, uh, it's been it's been uh, just a lot of bad events, and there's been good events also, but it, it, a lot of mythology has been built up in the last hundred yeah, years. I, I see it completely different. I think that we've come such a long way from. You know, the time when the church wielded so much power that you either believed in the God that they told you to believe in or you were burned at the stake. And That's very true. Yeah. You know, yeah, plus, yeah. we are spoiled rotten. Let's face it. We have a lot of things today. We have, you know, heated homes with running water and true. toilets and things like that. Um, <laughs> toilets. Yeah, you know, I also think we have this it's anymore. <laughs> As the intelligence and and the wherewithal to make things better for our the next few generations, if we want to, as opposed to you know during the Inquisitions, that's it, you were dead, and so are your kids. Right. So there really was no future for them to be hopeful about. But that's you know I, I think this is a good time because if we're careful about not letting technology take over our humanity, we might actually pull out pull out of it and be better for it. I completely agree, but I think technology is uh, making us lazy. 
in many ways. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Is everyone I know is miserable. And, you know, when you ask them why, well, there's things that I'd like to do. Why aren't you doing them? Well, right. well, okay, go write the great American novel. Go become a marathon or whatever. Right. It's, yeah, it's made us lazy and it's made us give up on our own potential in a lot of ways. And anyway. again, it's made us forget to uh, have that interaction with other people, that human connection is being lost completely. You know what it is? We're becoming, in many ways, uh, a, a race of people that eventually are going to be so disconnected from each other where it's going to be almost like we're robots or robotic, you know, at, at one point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, I think, we're, I think we're, we're all plugging we're headed, into the Matrix. We're, we're headed in that direction now. I mean, if you go out exactly, yeah. and you look around at the tables all around you, how many people are on their phones? Oh, even mother, even parents and their kids. Yeah. People are breaking up with each other via text. I mean, come on. You Get know, it. that kills me when... <laughs> Ah, uh, that's I, I know a couple of people that that the same exact thing happened to them, and and when they've told me, oh, my girlfriend just broke up with me, I'm like, really? Via text? What happened to calling at least? You know, what, yeah. was that like two 1990s when they I mean, called you? <laughs> yeah, nobody calls you anymore. No. Anyway, I'll let Larry fi- finish up because I know he has to go. <laughs> oh, Larry, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Well, uh, no, actually, uh, we're at the end of the hour. Um, real quick, before we let you go, we're actually going to hit a break in, in a second here. Um, Larry, give everybody your website, um, anything uh, you're promoting besides the book. We're going to talk more about the book when we come back from break. But um, anything that you want to promote, like a website or anything, uh, so the audience can follow your work. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, Marie and I have a website together. Uh, it's paraexplorers.com, P-A-R-A-E-X-P-L-O-R-E-R-S.com. And that you can kind of use that to keep up with all of our writing and projects and speaking and all that stuff together. Um, my personal website is www.larryflaxman.com. And my website is – or my paranormal group website, I'm sorry – it's www.arpast.org. Very cool. And are you going to be uh, speaking anywhere on uh, the near future? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, I think this is a, a source of continuous frustration for Marie, but yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what? Where? Me? What? <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. Um, coming up, uh, I'm doing, gosh, a bunch of stuff. I've got... Memphis Comic Con in March. Uh, then I'll be doing um, an event with Chip Coffee in Little Rock on April 5th. Uh, April 12th, I'm doing a big event down in Jefferson, Texas called History Haunts and Legends. Uh, April, I'm sorry, May 9th and 10th, I'm doing a charity in Boonville, Arkansas. You guys are hearing me growling in a minute. Yeah, uh, I mean, He's I can go to write a book with me. That's why. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing a bunch of stuff. I've got throughout the through the end of the year. I've got at least one weekend uh, a month that I'm traveling to speak. Very cool. So. Now you said you're gonna you you said you're gonna be at a comic con also. Yeah, I'm gonna be at the Memphis Comic Con in uh, what is that March in March. Uh, yeah, the weekend of the twenty second. 21st through the 23rd. Oh, very cool. So anybody out there listening in Memphis, check that out. Uh, we have a, a huge following with the comic book community. So it's a comic book uh, Comic-Con, right? Yeah, it's it's the mid... I think they call it Mid-South Con. Uh, oh, okay. But it's the Memphis version of Comic-Con. Yeah. 
Very cool. Larry, we have to have you back on the show uh, for yeah. a longer show, man. I love having you on. Um, definitely, uh, as soon as you can come back out, please let me know. Absolutely. Uh, Guys, we're going to be back uh, in a couple of minutes here. We're going to go to a break real quick. I have to pay a couple bills, and when we come back, we have more with, with Ms. Marie D. Jones. Now, is it Ms. or Mrs.? Ms. Ms. <laughs> Marie D. Jones. And, Marie again, Jones. if you want to call in and ask her any questions about the book or ask her any questions about anything else, please do so, 786-245-8127. This is Inside the Jackal Said. We'll be right back after the break. I'm the only one to blame for this. Somehow it all adds up the same Soaring on the wings of pride I flew too high And like Icarus I collide I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm proud to be a book person. How do I choose a book? Sometimes it's the cover, sometimes it's the title. I guess I'm pretty visual. If a book's really impressing me and the writing is really good, I will peek and see what the last paragraph is. Because the endings of books should rock you. I am a book person. And if you're a book person, too, read to a child and spark a lifetime of ambition. Join me at bookpeopleunite.org because reading is fundamental. A public service announcement brought to you by Reading is Fundamental, Library of Congress, and the Ad Council. Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374 That's 954-973-3374 Or visit keyinformation.com Driving has a rhythm all its own Don't wreck it with the text before you get behind the wheel, silence your phone. Or better yet, designate a texter. For more text-free driving tips, visit stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once like texting and driving. Stop the text, stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Only in the forest can you see this. But nothing beats the moment you see that. Cool! That's your child's eyes opening up to a world of possibilities. There are some moments only the forest can inspire. Find yours at discovertheforest.org. Learn about forests near you and discover cool things to do when you go. And you might just see this. Visit discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Bushwood. As I jump inside the ocean so blue. With their sophomore release, Tidal Wave. 
We've waited all this time to get the real world off your mind. Get yours on iTunes. Listen on Spotify. Determination. South Florida's own Bushwood. For samples and shows, go to bushwoodband.com. Free stuff for you just for listening to this station. Yo, we got your attention? Here's how it works. You click on the Radio Loyalty banner right now and sign up. Then you keep on listening like you already do. But now you earn points. Those points add up, and you can trade them in for cool stuff in the Radio Loyalty store. Earn more points by sharing your station with friends on Facebook and Twitter, answering surveys, and by using the apps in the New Players App Store. Pretty simple. Free stuff just for doing what you already do. Radio Loyalty. Click the banner to join now. Alright everybody, we are back on Inside of the Jackal's Head right here live again on PSN Radio and again, SoFloRadio.com. Big shout outs to George Rodriguez, the chief in charge of SoFloRadio.com. Uh, he's a really big deal, Marie. George Rodriguez, really big deal. George? Big deal. Yeah. He's a big deal or like a big deal in a good way or big deal? He, <laughs> he's like, he's the boss at SoFlo Radio. Gotta say that right when you talk to him, huh? <laughs> You're a big deal. <laughs> Put it this way. You, have you seen The Godfather? Yeah. He would be like the Michael Colioni. Oh, the okay. The Michael. He's That's the George Rodriguez, Jorge <laughs> Rodriguez. He's, he's actually a little, he's a little Cuban fellow, but he's a really nice guy. Uh, but shout outs to him, George. Now we're back here with my guest uh, for the rest of the uh, the half hour here, Marie D. Jones, one of the co-authors of Viral Mythology. We've been talking about the book, Viral Mythology, and other subjects that have come to uh, pass, but mostly it's been on that. And I want to actually uh, segue a little bit, Marie, into your interest in ufology and um you know, let's let's get into that a little bit. Like, what got you interested in ufology to begin with? Because with me, it was a personal experience. I originally had uh, my own sighting in uh, when I was a child, and that got me in, interested in it. Uh, what did it for you that got you interested in it originally? No, I mean, I my parents, my dad's passed away, but my parents told me that I was into UFOs and aliens. And Martians specifically, when when I was like a toddler, I don't remember having a, a sighting of any kind. Nobody in my family remembers one. I remember around the age of seven having having a very intense dream of a little gray alien, and it it just haunted me all my life. So I've always wondered, hmm, I wonder if that really was a dream or if something really happened. But I just don't. There's nothing definitive. I would read books. Um, I was obsessed with it, and it stayed that way all through my life so that I got into MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, Center for UFO Studies. I worked with Fund for UFO Research for a while. I did a, a report that I had gotten some grant money from them to do, and that was all through my teens, my 20s, into my 30s. I stopped. I was actually involved with um, Los Angeles MUFON. And I formed a group here in northern San Diego County with another gal because there was a group. San Diego is a huge county. There was a group down uh, downtown area. We formed our own group, and it was very successful. Had some weird stuff go down that kind of made me walk away from it all. I'll just put it that way. 
Um, I had a what can only be described as a men in black encounter. And actually, I allowed Nick Redfern, who I'm sure you know, to write about it in his. Oh yeah, black I've book. had I've had him on the show several times. It's actually, the now. first person I ever told my story to and allowed to write about it. Oh no kidding! Really, yeah, I walked away. I mean, and there was someone who was harassing me that I wasn't quite sure if he was human. Let's just put it that way. And to the point where this person knew things about me that he shouldn't have. Um, and or could see things going on and at the time I lived in this little apartment at the top of a hill and I would close all the blinds and everything yet this person could see things going on in my apartment that he shouldn't have been able to and it just kind of creeped me out to the point where I thought you know what I'm going to walk away from the group aspect and just focus on writing so I wrote about UFOs in a couple of books it, they, it, it's one of those topics that, like ghosts and cryptids and anything else paranormal, it's interesting that a lot of times the possible explanations can cover all of those subjects, not just UFOs. So right. I'm still very much interested. The only time in my life I thought that I had a sighting, uh, the object was so far away that I really couldn't be sure. It just behaved a little erratically. I was very familiar with what to look for, and I knew how to identify identifiable objects and it just looked really unusual but that's the closest I've ever come it just was a fascination of mine my father is a geophysicist and he was obsessed with UFOs too which is you know, really interesting because scientists were really he and his colleagues a lot of them were really into UFOs but they couldn't talk about it openly they had to get together, like at our house, they would get together and sit around the kitchen table and smoke and drink beer, and I would sit at my dad's feet, I was really little, maybe five, six, seven at the time, and listen to them talk about UFOs, and these are brilliant physicists and geophysicists, seismologists, oceanographers, they would all come hang out at my house, you know. I'm starting to think that you were in the toddler that was interested in UFOs, they were, and you just kind of like became a fan because you heard dad talk about well, it. No, I mean, I was, I, I wrote a book when I was five years old called Life on Mars. Are you serious? I couldn't <laughs> even spell my name when I was five years old. Yeah, I wrote a whole book. I had a cover. My mom helped me bind the cover with like shoestrings. It was all about living on Mars and being an astronaut. I was really into that. I started reading and writing when I was like 18 months and I was really interested in telling ghost stories and aliens I thought Bigfoot lived in my backyard so somehow I had heard about Bigfoot stories when I was really young um, and I know like there were certain shows that were on TV at the time uh, In Search of was one of them Leonard well here's a question that, I'm, that uh, we've got in the chat room well actually two questions uh, they want to know why is your audio skipping I don't know I'm sitting not moving are, well, you, on a, are you on an iPad or I have an iMac, but let me tell you something. I, Larry, too bad he's not on because he could attest to this. I am a negative technology energy train. We got to get you a headset because I love having you on the show and I'd love Even to have you back on. It doesn't matter. Where I go, technology fails. I'm not kidding. Well, you, the thing is, you sound fine. It's just there's like a there's like a, 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 a hiccup. But anyway, the, another question I'm getting in the chat room here is about the the real society. Speaking of mythology and, U, and UFOs, uh, have you done any uh, research into the real society? I've never even heard of it. 
Vril? Never heard of the Vril Society. Okay, um, let me see. Uh, that's a troublesome topic, actually. That's that's a tough one. Um, it's a book. It deals with uh, UFOs and aliens and stuff, but you've never heard of it. So uh, There's a million books out there on aliens and UFOs and... No, I, you know, because I'm writing now about broader subjects, I tend to focus more on the books that talk about UFOs in terms of uh, being interdimensional or have scientific, some kind of scientific angle to them. But no, I Well, it, it deals, I don't know if you're too familiar with uh, the Nazi Germans and their yeah. uh, alien uh, connection, UFO connection. It deals oh, with that. Yeah, I wrote about that in Science. And yeah. you've never heard of the Vril Society, really? It just doesn't, it's not ringing a bell right now, Vril. We got we got to get we got to get you a headset, have you back on in a couple months, and I'm going to give you some information about the Vril Society, and we got to talk again because I'd love to hear what you think okay. of if you yeah. read this book. It's amazing. Uh, no, but uh, I'm not going to get too into the, uh, the 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 whole Vril Society, uh, but I will say that um, it, you know Nazi Germany and you know people believe that they might have had uh, UFO, UFOs or, or whatever. Uh, I don't think you know Nazi Germany particularly had UFOs because if they did, they would have won that war, man. How do you lose when you have extraterrestrial crafts that you could fly around and shoot lasers at people? Like they were heavily involved in anti-gravity research. They did have prototypes, uh, and a couple of their scientists were brought over here to America as part of Operation Paperclip, where. We willingly brought over a lot of Nazi scientists to help advance our knowledge. Kind of a dark moment in our history. Um, but they never quite got it off the ground, pun intended. Uh, but they did right. <laughs> start a lot of research. They had a lot of really unusual ideas. That, you know, Hitler was obsessed with the occult. Definitely, involving yeah. Involving the occult, ghosts, UFOs, demons. You know, he was that just he was, yeah. So he poured money into that kind of research. Those scientists were evil, but they were brilliant. And that's why they were brought over here to the States after World War II to secretly assist our research. And I just think they, you know, we don't know how far they got with anything, but I don't think they ever really got those prototypes off the ground, so to no, speak. No, I, I don't think so either, but I do find it amazing, Marie, that uh, they did inherit all the scientists from Nazi Germany into the American Yeah, isn't program. that nice, huh? huh? Know, like, gee, you know, you were responsible for this atrocity, but hey, we'd love to pick your brains. Come on over. Yeah, come on over. We'll give you American passports. Nobody yeah, would know uh, the difference. Put you up in a mansion in Florida. You'll be fine. <laughs> Nobody would know the difference. In fact, uh, because of uh, their work, we ended up on the moon. That's one a of the things that later. I what, always wanted to write a book about. Larry and I had thought about pitching the definitive book on Operation Paperclip, and we ended up writing, I think, our time travel book instead at that time. But that's a, it's a fascinating subject and part of our history that not a lot of people uh, you know, in the general public are aware of. Which is funny, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it just shows you if... If you want to keep information from people, just distract them with something else. Like Justin <laughs> you <know>? Bieber and <laughs> yeah. nonsense that we get in the media. Give them nonsense and they won't focus on the fact that we're coddling Nazi scientists. Uh, you know, I've always wondered, uh, Marie, and I don't know if you have ever uh, even wondered this, but do you think that there's a possibility that Hitler didn't get killed and he survived? 
He may have after, you know, I mean, he's certainly dead now. He'd be quite old. Well, but obviously, yeah. Yeah, I think he may have been. Unless he's an alien and he's living somewhere. Shortly, like, or he found the, the uh, fountain of youth. Yeah. I think he could have and could have just been scuttled away somewhere to live out his days. Who knows? Um, I know. Well, who was the one who escaped to uh, Brazil? Was it Mengele? You know, they may have... Who knows? Were there witnesses to his death? That's what I'm trying to remember. Well, it's an odd thing because his body, I guess, was found burnt or crisp, and it was hard to, so uh, to identify. Yeah, it was hard to identify. Right. Uh, but yeah. it, it was uh, supposedly identified as, as being his body by relatives. But what does that tell us? Yeah, really. <laughs> you know? That, that doesn't tell me much. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's been talk over the years, which I don't know if you've covered this in the book uh, or if you've ever researched into this, but uh, there, uh, there's there been, of course, uh, talk about the, the Nazis uh, using the, the North Pole or, or the South Pole as uh, a point of entry uh, to try to get into, like, the hollow Earth and uh, try to or try to get into some, in, you know, parts of the Earth that might be about portions. The, the, you know, the, the deepest part of the Earth is a molten core. I mean, yeah. I Scientists are pretty savy with. <laughs> I mean, have you done any research at all into the hollow Earth theory? I mean, there do, do may be pockets of hollowness here and there that you know. I mean, cave dwellers, who knows? But that's always fascinated me because we do know. I mean, we can actually identify, you know, the layers. <laughs> that make up the earth from the core on outward. But yeah, I mean, there could be pockets of, of livable space just below the surface. I mean, certainly there are a lot of underground bunkers and things like that. So why not? But the earth is not hollow. We do know that. It would be weird if it was hollow, wouldn't it? I mean, that would be just the, (laughs) I would, I don't understand how that would work. I mean, I, I, in fact, one of my friends uh, for a long time, Dennis Crenshaw, the Hollow Earth Insider himself, has the website, thehollowearthinsider.com. Shout-outs to him. Uh, we've gotten into that argument before because I really don't know how, how scientifically that would even it work. It would be impossible. I mean, get a geologist, get a geophysicist, get uh, you know people that know uh, volcanologists. All of those people will tell you. It's just it's not possible. How what do you think? Exactly. You know, what, just what? the pressure, the layers of the earth that are compressing in on that core. Right. Nothing would be able to survive there unless it was bacterial, maybe. Not only that, the way it's described, because they describe it as it's like a middle sun or a little sun within the earth, uh, then, okay, I understand that. But let's say you're on the other side of the surface, right? Uh, the other surface, which the interior surface, let's just say, for example, wouldn't you be too close to that sun to be able to You'd live? You'd be dead. You'd be fried. <laughs> You'd be extra crispy. You'd you know. be crispy. <laughs> well, maybe there's this, like a race of you know, crispy people. <laughs> crispy critters. That live I mean, there. I'm not saying there can't be life down there, but it certainly wouldn't be any, you know, it might be microbial if even that would survive. Although yeah, I guess well, well, can survive in all kinds of different conditions. So. Yeah, no, I, I do think there will be some kind of microbial, even insect type of life. Because, I mean, we found uh, life in the, the weirdest and most remote parts of the planet, uh, in, in the ocean, deep, deep, deep in the oh, ocean. When yeah, you wouldn't think there's, there's, yeah. There's stuff it, down there we still don't know. That's correct. really kind of cool to think that here we are chasing ghosts and aliens and, 
the deepest part of our oceans, we're still finding new species of bizarre-looking creatures. I think that's cool. Maria, this is the craziest thing. We know less about our own oceans than we do about outer space. What does that tell yeah. you about yeah, humanity? Yeah, so that's something. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? Uh, Marie, we're almost out of time. I know you've you got to go in a little while here, but I, I want to definitely give you a chance to uh, uh, plug everything that you're working on in the near future. Uh, I want to have you back on the show also. Absolutely. Uh, so, so we Absolutely. could talk. It's been a lot of fun having you on. But uh, please plug uh, your website again. I know that uh, Larry gave it earlier. but My personal, well, Larry gave you the other websites. Larry and I, our website is paraexplorers.com. My personal website is mariedjones.com. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, other than viral mythology, we actually have another book out that's called The Grid, Exploring the Hidden Infrastructure of Reality. And it's kind of a culmination nice. of the work that we've done into the paranormal uh, and alternate realities and how we may be accessing them at any given time. Oh, I'm so going to check that one out and read that too. one, yeah. Yeah, it's really great. It's It's got a lot of paranormal stuff in it that really it culminates the seven years of research Larry and I have done together and also what we were doing alone before we came together to work together and just sort of put it into our idea of, hey, this might explain what's going on here, what reality is and the fact that there are other levels of reality as well that there were, that we're experiencing. And, you know, that's a perfect question to end with uh, there real quick. Let me ask you before I let you go, Marie. Uh-huh. What do you think reality is? I don't think there's just one. I think that there are possibly an infinite number. I think that our reality is what we consciously focus on at the time. And I know that we might call paranormal experiences or events times when we're focusing on a different reality. Um, so to me, the reality that I am living and that you're living right now is simply the one that your consciousness is fixed and focused on. But that does not mean that there aren't other realities right outside of your field of perception. And it just requires a shift in focus. You know, the perfect example of what you just said is uh, the, the fish to human para- uh, paradox, where a fish doesn't know anything about us until we stick our hand in the water and interact yeah, with them. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that is a perfect way to end the uh, the segment here. Marie, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank uh, you. Again, love having you on. Please come back and, uh, and hang out with us again here on Inside Crackle. Like, invite me and I'll come on. Thank you so much. Have yourself a wonderful evening and uh, God bless. Take care. Bye-bye. Marie D. Jones, everybody. There we go. Uh, we're going to come back in a few minutes after we hit commercial break. It's too late for goodbye. If you guys want to call in, 786-245-8127. We'll be live for the remaining hour. Taking phone calls. Anybody who wants to call in, whatever you want to talk about inside the jackal's head, would be back right after this break. Break your neck.
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with Key Information Solutions. Providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology. Preventative maintenance and networking support. Hardware and custom-built computers. Let Key Information Solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more supermanhomepage.com driving has a rhythm all its own don't wreck it with a text before you get behind the wheel silence your phone or better yet designate a texter for more text-free driving tips, visit StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Green light. Hey, girl. School zone. I'm getting hungry. Car changing lanes. You want to meet me for pizza? Stop sign. Intersection clear. Yeah, street. Pizza sounds good. Ball in street? Girl in street! <gasps> it's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I am the voice of terrestrial radio. Internet radio will not succeed. You will continue listening to sports, right-wing talk, and mayonnaise FM. If you disobey, we will punish you with more right-wing talk, sports, and mayonnaise FM. We are corporate. Ergo, we are never wrong. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. Shut it down, evil foe, for I am SoFloRadio.com, and I'm here to give back what people want to hear. A variety of entertainment, fresh music, comedy, and different points of view. I own you. Your fart-radiating suit and tie don't frighten me, old chum. Behold the power of SoulFlowRadio.com. My balls are falling off. You only had one, my evil friend. There. Now you'll have to squat to pee. SoFloRadio.com. Castrating terrestrial radio. One ball at a time. Hi, folks. Ryan McMullen here for Life Change Tea. Healthcare is a problem. Whether you're for or against Obamacare, it's a mess. 
My question is, who do you trust? Do you want to be told what to do, or do you want to make your own decision? My opinion, preventative maintenance. Keeping your colon clean is preventative maintenance. A little exercise, a balanced diet, and drinking Life Change Tea. It tastes great, and it helps with constipation, high cholesterol, liver problems, acid reflux, and much, much more. And with the holiday season upon us, you can get some extra tea for free. Don't wait for Obama. Make your own decision. Order now. Call us at 928-308-0408. That's 928-308-0408. Or you can log on to GetTheTea.com. That's GetTheTea.com. Ridding yourself of harmful toxins is truly preventative maintenance. GetTheTea.com. Say, remember when radio was fun? Because deregulation has allowed one massive corporation to spread its tentacles like a giant octopus, absorbing radio stations around the globe. And that's why you hear this. SoFlo Radio will stand and fight the corporate monolith. SoFloRadio.com SoFloRadio.com You are listening to PSN Radio, the best in talk radio anywhere on the internet. Inside the Jackal's Head right here on PSN-Radio.com. Of course, SoFloRadio.com and TalkStream Live. Once again, shout-outs to everybody listening in. Thank you for tuning in. We just had Ms. Marie D. Jones and Mr. Larry Flaxman on the show. And uh, Again, check out their book, uh, Viral Mythology. Uh, it's an interesting uh, read for sure. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that we've had throughout the years that uh, have gone viral and is... Uh, it's interesting to hear a take of uh, you know the amount of things that they covered in this book. So check out the book, Viral Mythology. Uh, check out their other work, uh, the interesting duel, the two of them, and hopefully we get them back on the show. Hopefully we have better sounding audio, though. I, I apologize to people listening who were like, why is the audio shaking? Why is there so much shaking going on, Jackal? Please explain. 
Well, now you know why. It's not me. It was, unfortunately, uh, we had a little technical issue with their audio, but it's okay. We, you know, we, we, uh, I, I actually enjoyed having them on a great deal, so hopefully we do get them back on the show here. But moving on, we have about uh, 25 minutes before we wrap things up tonight. And uh, there is a couple of news uh, items that I didn't get to earlier. Because we were all kind of caught up with this whole Stan Romanek thing, you know, in the first hour. And, uh, it, you know, that whole mess is going to play out. And it's going to do what it does, man. I, I mean, wherever that goes, we're going to definitely cover it. But it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see what's the next shoe that's going to drop in uh, the whole Stan Romanek fiasco. Uh, again, if you guys want to call in and you want to join in on the show and in the conversation, please do so, 786-245-8127. You can ask me anything you want. You want to talk about Stan Romanek, we could do that. You want to talk about the guest I had on tonight, we could do that also. Uh, now, uh, one piece of uh, news here that I had that uh, Petey over here got to me earlier. Uh, this is for our friends out there at the Alamo. Who um, at the Alamo Draft House? By the way, give him a shout out. Uh, fan created Star Trek series, which uh, if you're a Trekkie, I'm sure you're familiar with this series. Uh, but shout out to our friends over in uh, Michigan and Kalamazoo uh, for fans who have been uh, missing uh, Star Trek on the big screen and the small screen. Fear not, the five-year mission does continue, and I'm not talking about the J.J. Abrams reboots here, uh, but the uh, show is called Star Trek Faces 2, and Thursday night, the fan-created series set uh, in the uh, Star Trek universe is hitting the screens at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, this morning, we were, uh, this is here, was, this is from WWMT.com, is the website that posted this. And uh, they had on their show uh, the new Captain Kirk, Brian Grossman, and uh, the author of uh, the episode, Rick Chambers, on the show. Uh, so if you guys want to see the screening, and you're in Michigan listening in in the next couple of days, please you know check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's, uh, again, for all the fans of uh, the series, Star Trek Phase 2. And I'm going to post this uh, once again on our... Oh, on just just say on mine. It's not ours because I'm one host. So, on my page, the Jackal's Head, which is on uh, Facebook. Uh, once again, uh, if you go to facebook.com forward slash inside period Jackal's period head. Wait, that doesn't sound right. But anyway, inside Jackal's Head uh, on Facebook, I'm going to post the link for this also. So if you guys are out there and you want to check out this Star Trek. Uh, episode, of course, it'll be on YouTube and everywhere within the next couple of days. So, um, so much for that. Anyway, they just posted that a couple of days ago, and it'll be sometime this week, I guess. But uh, check that out if you're out there in uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. I don't know how many Trekkies we have listening, but I know there's at least uh, one or two out there listening that are Star are Star Trek fans. Uh, now, this next article uh, is when that is a long time coming. Long time coming, and science has finally done it. They finally discovered the function for the human appendix. Yes, you're, you've heard it here, folks. You've heard it probably here first, because I don't think this has gone viral yet, speaking of viral mythology. But science has finally discovered the function, and this is realism, folks. The real function for the human appendix this year for generations, the appendix was thought to have no purpose whatsoever, 
but now researchers say that they discovered the true function for this organ. That's right. The appendix does nothing. It's just a useless organ, so they chop it out of your body. And I don't know if you've had your appendix chopped out of your body, Zod Rider, but it sucks to have something chopped out of your body and then find out that, holy crap, we needed it. No, I can't say that I've had anything like that chopped out of my body. I've had uh, several like surgeries growing up when I was a kid, but never had anything like that. No. Wouldn't that be crazy if they if they now well science now discovered the function for the appendix? You know, for a long time they they would say, oh well, the appendix is something that the body is eventually you know getting rid of. Uh, it, it maybe had a purpose thousands of years ago, but through evolutionary purposes, now it, it serves no purpose, and eventually you'll lose it, kind of like the tailbone. Apparently wow. not. Uh, the function again is to reboot the digestive system when one suffers from a bout of digest uh this year of uh dis dysentery or cholera 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 that's how you pronounce it, right cholera uh so if you have dysentery or cholera it reboots your system in other words if you have to go to the bathroom and you can't poop this helps ah nice to know so now this came out of duke university's uh medical center in north carolina researchers say the following uh it says here the following is severe bout of cholera or dysentery? Dysentery? I don't even know what the hell that means. Uh, which can purge the gut of bacteria essentials for digestion. The appendix acts as a reserve for good bacteria to emerge. And hence, giving it a good old reboot. Now, in spite of the findings, Professor Bill Parker says that this does not mean we should, we should cling uh, onto our appendix uh, at all costs. In other words, if you have uh, you know an, a flamed appendix and they tell you, we should cut it out. Don't just be like, no, no, no. I need it for my reboot. Just let them cut it out because it might be bad. So don't cling on to your appendix, folks. Uh, but anyway, moving on. Zod Ryder, welcome to the show, man. Have, how you been tonight? Oh, I've been doing okay. I've been listening in on the uh, in the chat room, listening to your show. And I just got to say that Marie is cool. Definitely. Cool lady, right? Nice lady. And, uh, good book, too, by the way, uh, Viral Mythology. And, you know, we, I, yeah, I, I definitely of, plan on checking it out. Yeah, I kind of sure. played a little bit of a prank, I got to say, on California Guy uh, last, I think it was like a week ago, because uh, I, I said there was going to have them on, and we were going to talk about viral mythology, and he said, oh, the Vril Society, and I was like, sure, yeah, because I just, you know, I want him to listen to the show, so me being the, the whore I am, so I can get another point in the ratings, and I can try to beat Glenn Beck again, check mark on that, and um, I told him, yeah, sure, the Vril Society, but now we're, it's the viral mythology. But it was a good show. Uh, she's a very, very good guest. And Larry Flaxman, a real good guy, a good guy also. Now, hopefully uh, we can get him back on here on the show and have a little better audio, though, because, my God, that shaky... It was worse than, like, Nolan's shaky cam in Batman Begins. You know what I mean? Like, shaky. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty rough trying to deal with it. But, I mean, you pulled through it, so that's what's important. Well, it's, I always pull through. Wait a second. Never pull out. So, what do you think of uh, the story I was just reading about the uh, the small appendix finally having a function that we know about? Oh, that's pretty epic, right? But I feel it's a, bad it's a for all the look, man. It's a, had to have it removed. I mean, it's a, it's a it's a slow news week. Is that right? Help me out here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about the human appendix, okay, folks. Slow news week. Uh, you know, something I did cover earlier tonight, um, 
which I don't know if uh, if you were paying attention to the very beginning of the show, uh, this Stan Romanek thing. Uh, you know, in closing, I wanted to uh, ask you what you thought of uh, that whole thing. Did you uh, read up the article? I did not read up the article. I was paying attention to what you were saying, though, and I think it, you know, it's tra- it's tragic for a lot of different reasons if it's true, but. I think it's even worse for all the people out there who were associated with this gentleman if that turns out to be the case as well. So, Especially people that backed his story, even though the dude said, and this was the funny, this was really got me, uh, why he's never been back on my show, by the way. Uh, he said that he would have more evidence, more footage, uh, that he would have all this stuff come out in the next few months. This is what he said. What three years ago? Petey was like three or four years ago, three and a half years ago, three and a half years ago. He said that, and yet the years passed and nothing has come out. And this is karma at its finest. This is this is how I came to find out about the stories. You're going to laugh at this. I'm sitting yesterday at the computer, right, doing what I normally do. Um, you know, just uh, thinking of ways to annoy trolls online. Uh, doing my natural routine online, looking for news to talk about, uh, being perplexed about this appendix uh, news article that I read here a few minutes ago. Uh, you know, just uh, chilling, hanging out there. And then I, I come across this video uh, that has uh, Stan Romanek faking a ghost activity on video. Clearly faking it. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It was on some Australian podcast uh, video show. And it's him on split screen, you know, from his home, and then the other side is the Australian host uh, who's interviewing him. And in, in part of this interview, uh, Stan Romanek flicks what looks like a pen or something at his face uh, from be, like behind the camera, so the camera can't really see him, but accidentally you kind of see his finger flick the pen and it hits him in the face. And he literally is like, whoa, what is that? How did, what is that? What, how did that happen? Where did that come from? And then a few minutes later, he does it again with the other hand and flicks a, a thumb drive to himself. And he starts saying, oh, my God, it's like they're, it's, it felt like it came from up there. And he's trying to like give the guy misdirection. And you can tell the host is like trying not to laugh at this point because it's clear this guy is demented. There's definitely some kind of a, of a Looney Tunes uh, psychosis going on with this Stan Romanek uh, dude from just watching that video. It, the face, he, you, know, you know when somebody gives you crazy <laughs> eyes? Zadi, if you had somebody just give you this crazy yeah. look, he mm-hmm. had that look in the video. He looked just crazy, man, like bananas. So he's there in the video, like saying, "Well, I don't know where that came." And by the way, guys, this is on YouTube. Uh, it's this. This has gone viral. This video. This is Stan Romanek uh, busted. You can probably look that up on YouTube. Uh, Stan Romanek busted. You'll find it. Uh, it's again with an Australian radio host uh, or video host, and uh, he's flicking pans and thumb drives, pretending it's ghostly activity. And he is trying to sell it. It's not like he's joking around and he's like, ah, that was just me kidding around. No, he sold it like it was authentic till the very end. Wow. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, Stan, what are you doing? And then the funniest thing happened. Petey over here, uh, my board operator, God bless his soul. He's he's always on top of things. He can't read a book to save his life because he can't get through books. But the guy is on the internet 24-7 looking up for information and just trying to get me the most up-to-date info. Ain't that right, Petey? Yeah, that's right, boss. Yeah, that's a good job. So anyway, so Petey over here sends me a link on Facebook. And wouldn't you know it is a Stan Romanek link, and it's Stan Romanek molesting children. I'm like, what the hell? 
Are you serious? Total coincidence, by the way. Totally coincidental. And I get this uh, this crazy uh, story. And at first I looked, it was like some bootleg website. So I didn't know if it was a legit thing or it was uh, some bootleg blog. So I started doing a little bit of research. And I saw it on, on a bunch of different websites. Uh, by now it's gone viral. And it's been confirmed pretty much on Lisa Romanek's website, Lisa being Stan's wife, uh, that he is in prison or arrested uh, on $20,000 bond right now. And... What makes this story troubling is not the fact that it's uh, a couple pictures on his website or on his computer or somewhere that you know that were kind of weird. You know what I mean? Uh, it, that's not really what's going on here. It's child exploitation charges. That means that he was in some way involved. Like correct, which makes it even more bizarre. Yeah, this guy was possibly recording himself molesting children and selling it on some underground pedophile thing, ring or whatever. Uh, that, folks, is disturbing. Now, again, like I said earlier, this is America. Everybody's due their due process. Everybody gets that you know chance to go to court and, and have their day in court. And uh, he deserves to have his day in court, and you're innocent till proven guilty. But if he is found guilty of these charges. Let him burn in hell, I say. Yes. <laughs> that would that would be appropriate. I mean, if this guy gets off, and we're in a country now, remember, Zod, right? We're in a country where a guy could kill a, a teenage kid just because he's black walking through a neighborhood. A mother could kill her daughter and lie to cops for months just because she doesn't want to have a daughter. And we're only in Florida, folks, with what I'm talking about here. This is the country we live in. We're in a very messed up place right now in this country. Uh, Aunt Kelly molested a 13-year-old girl on video. He peed on the girl. He is making videos about being in the closet and all kinds of weird things. Uh, and nobody's done anything to R. Kelly. Nope. Why isn't R. Kelly in prison? Because he's R. Kelly? <laughs> exactly. Because he's a celebrity. And I hope that Stan Romanek is not a celebrity type that gets away with something. Uh, and here's the thing. Uh, they did a, a year-long almost investigation into this thing. There's no way that uh, this is hokey. There's no way that this is uh, some BS uh, entrapment. If the government was going to just uh, play some pictures on his computer or, or hack his computer, they would not go through a year-long investigation. They would not spend that kind of money, the kind of resources to investigate this guy. They would not get Homeland Security involved. So let's take everything in perspective. Look at the facts, but again, give him due process. Let's see where the other shoe drops. It's an interesting uh interesting uh, era that we're living in right it now. It certainly is. Yes, sir. And speaking of interesting, uh, Zod Ryder here has a very interesting show, Cyber Love Talk, uh, which is the, the, I guess that's like the the, uh, the closing show for the week for uh, for the network until the weekend. Exactly, yeah. That's how we it, exit. It, it we we exit into the weekend properly, I, I suppose. We, we, exit the, we exit into the weekend very pervertedly. Or the network. Yeah, tell everybody about Cyber Love Talk, who's never heard of the show. Yeah, Cyber, Cyber Love Talk is a show about sex and relationships with myself and two female hosts. And 
I just sort of am there in the middle as the topics are just flowing because those ladies are constantly um, talking about sexuality in new and exciting ways. So that's something to definitely listen to every Friday night at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern here on psn-radio.com. Now, that's not the only show that you have. Of course, you have another show. Yes, that is, of course, the Zod, Zod Rider, Rider show, show on Tuesday nights. Right. And Tell us about that show. That show t- is more of, I would say, variety. And we, I try to get guests who are in the entertainment industry, um, uh, you know, um, actresses, actors, musicians, uh, independent musicians, uh, coming up this Tuesday, I have an independent musician from uh, England who's going to be joining me on my show. His name is Joe Darko, and he's going to be coming in, talking uh, about his music, and we, we, I'm going to be playing a whole bunch of music on the show, and so that should be interesting. And then coming up in a few a couple weeks, I have some very interesting shows as well. I have an actress, and then I also have a legendary uh, Radio personality going to be coming up on my show pretty soon as well. It seems like your shows are doing pretty good, Zod Ryder. It should be fun. And then, of course, we have the Roundtable Show together. Yes. Thursday nights with uh, Carrie and and all all our good friends out there, 2.0 and uh, Johnny Alpha. Every once in a while, we have California Guy on there with us. It's It's a good show. That's a fun show, and the reason I ask about your shows previous to this one and past, and you know the one after this one, uh, you know, let me ask you: You've been on the network for almost uh, what two years now? A year and a half? Two yes, years? yes, like two years now. Mm-hmm. And how has your stay been so far on PSN Radio? Well, all I can say is it's been really a pleasure. I mean, there's just been amazing stuff happening on all ends of the spectrum on PSN. It really is the place to be when you want to do a radio show and i mean you want a show with quality you want to be able to be heard and uh, that's one of the things that i love about it then just the overall attitude of everybody who's on psn i don't think there's anybody out there that ha- would have a negative thing to say about um how things are going and how things are ran at this point so and of course you're without a doubt entangled with this network because you are our vp of operations Yes, yes. I'm, I'm, so, I'm involved in just about every aspect of it as well. And it's, I mean, you're tangled into the web that is PSN radio. Exactly. I mean, and it's, again, it's a wonderful place to come in and do radio shows. And at the end of the day, everybody's doing it because it's a hobby that they love doing. You know, and that's, that's one of the most important things you have to know when you're doing a radio show. You have to have fun while you're doing the radio shows. Ain't that the truth? And now, of course, uh, by the way, I want to tell everybody to check out your website. It's oddwritershow.com uh, and uh, cyberlovetalk.com. And yes. uh, check out all the podcasts over there. Zodwriter, you know who uh, loves doing their show also on this network? Uh, besides, besides you and besides me, who else? A gentleman or two gentlemen, one by the name of Tim Schwartz and the other one by the name of William Michael Mott. Ah, yes, Outer Edge Radio. The Outer Edge is coming up in a few minutes, and I want to urge everybody to stick around because these guys are cutting-edge hosts, man. These guys are on the edge. That's why it's called The Outer Edge, and uh, it's going to be a fun show like it is every week here at midnight. So uh, anybody who's listening in, please stick around for that show. It's coming up in about five minutes, and um, that show's a lot of fun. 
Are you? Uh, have you been listening to the Outer Edge? Oh, have, yeah, uh, it's definitely, a, definitely show, a show that I enjoy listening to. I plan to be listening in today uh, as soon as this show is over. I'm looking forward to it. It's always fun with uh, Mr. Schwartz and Mr. Motts on the air. Uh, Zod Ryder, thank you for joining me here on the uh, the last uh, 20, 30 minutes of the show. I uh, pretty much ran out of news. I don't have anything else to talk about. In fact, uh, one more thing I do want to announce. Uh, this show will actually be moving time slots um, from Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to be probably moving it. Uh, right now it's tentative. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Wednesday evening as a possibility for uh, Inside the Jackal's Head. Uh, just because I wanted to free up my Sundays a little bit more. So uh, there might be a move in the very near future. And uh, just uh, letting everybody know that next week's show will be probably the last one on Sunday nights. And then after that, it'll be a new time slot, which uh, right now is looking like it's Wednesday again at 11 p.m. So I'll see you guys next week. And then uh, we'll be back uh, after that at the end of March with more episodes of Inside the Jackal's Head. For everybody uh, listening in, for everybody uh, on PSN Radio, stick, you know, once again, thank you for being here. And uh, for our our guest, Marie D. Jones and uh, Mr. Larry Flaxman, thank you for being on the show. And uh, this whole Stan Romanek case, what a freaking headache, man. I know Mike and uh, and Tim are going to talk about it soon, so stick around for their show. They're going to be coming up in a few minutes, everybody. Peace out.